Hey, everybody, we have an update. The Dallas Comedy Festival is being postponed until later in the year due to COVID-19. We can't wait to do another live show for you when we can all get together, relax, and have a good time. Make sure you hold on to your tickets so we can pick a new date and laugh together soon. We were so looking forward to it, and we apologize for any inconvenience. You should have received an email from DallasComedyFestival at gmail.com with more information. Stay safe and healthy. She has a scream that makes the blood of Irish families run cold. She's not just any regular ghost out to haunt and fright. Her howl comes with a warning of the inevitable fate that awaits those who may hear it. Is this a simple bit of folklore, or should we heed the warnings of her cry as the centuries-old harbinger of death? This week's episode is The Legend of the Banshee. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Hey, Christy, how you doing? Oh. How you doing? How are you? Um, hunkered down. I mean, we we're gonna talk about what everyone's talking about. Worldwide. It'd be weird if we didn't address this. Let's get into it anyway. Top. The banshee mystery. <laughs> if we just ran right into the banshee, I think that'd be a little bit weird. Um, because I think people would expect us to talk about it, but also for our own sanity, this is the first human interaction other than Tommy and Ella I've had in going on two days and it's already um, making me go a little stir crazy. Yeah. the I'm sure you all know the, the coronavirus COVID-19 has now Dallas, the city of Dallas, the county of Dallas on a, a they're asking a, for a favor. They're like, please don't go out. Well, people <laughs> still went out. So now all the bars and restaurants are closed, much like New York and Los Angeles. And uh, now San Francisco is on a 24-hour curfew. Uh, you know, it started for at three midnight weeks. for three weeks. So this, uh, I mean, it's like anyone listening is affected and you Surely. guys know what's going on. It truly is something out of a movie. And I started a journal today. I wish I'd started it when this first started happening, but I started it today. And as I was writing things down, I was like, this is a screenplay totally. for a post-apocalyptic. I mean, it's it's like outbreak or something. It was the things I was writing. And even every day when I'm reading things or I'm talking with Tommy or whatever, the things that I hear myself saying are so surreal. I'm, it's it, I. I don't know if I've completely absorbed – I know I've absorbed the gravity of it. But, like, this is just beginning. Uh, it's so weird. Especially for the U.S. Oh, I think so. And it's just your brain goes, okay, well, this is what we do now. Like, we hoard food. now, Not hoard food. But, you know, well, now I have to have a 13 or 14-day supply of food. Yeah. And you just sort of accept your new fate as it happens. I was – Some of us no. on my way over here, the park by our house – was packed. People just face to face. Teenagers making out. It's a skate park. There's tons of teenagers. The actual playground equipment covered in children. Parents everywhere. 
I'm like, guys, what are we doing here? This is why we're going to get a city curfew and a Mm -hmm. lockdown is because people can't just stay inside. And I understand if you have to go out because you, well, right now, if you in, in Dallas and your job was in the bar or restaurant, unfortunately, you're not employed right now. But people that have to go out to do work like You're that. A That's one thing. Your our mailman came by today. Yes. You don't have to go to a skate park. No. No. And no. you shouldn't go to a skate park no. right now. No. No, and that's what I watched that video that was what an Italian person would say to themselves 10 yes. days ago, where they're like, you're shrugging it off. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it really it's it's one of those things where I think people are just in denial and you don't want to believe it. And I even had I was lucky to have my favorite coworker who I haven't talked to uh, talked about in a while, but I talked to him all the time. Um, maybe mid February told me, by the way, this is coming to the U.S., I have bought supplies. You should buy supplies. And for like two seconds, I shook my head. And then I said, OK, well, what could it hurt? It's stuff I eat anyway. I'm going to eat the Cheerios. I'm going to eat the Easy Mac gluten-free cups. So I bought a bunch of stuff. And thank God I did because Amazon won't deliver stuff now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my mom uh, comes by once a week and like helps me. She basically cleans my house for me because I'm a mess. And she kind of mocked me a little bit at first. And then it, in very short order was like, OK, you're, to be fair, she was making fun of because I got a three-day survival backpack that had MREs in it. And she's like, you are not going to eat MREs. And I'm like, it might get to that, Mom. She's like, why do you have a life straw? I was like, you don't know. I might have to drink my own pee. Um, I got to find a puddle in the backyard. Like, you got to filter it. She's like, why do you have a hand crank radio? I was like, to be fair, it charges cell phones. And the last time the electricity went out due to a storm, I could not charge my phone. So, I, but uh, there was some resistance from even like coworkers and yeah. friends kind of laughing and joking about it. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a very uh, hedgy person. I'm nervous and like, okay, I'll be safe than sorry. Might as well just buy it. Um, I like the option of things. So I was like, okay, well, if I have the option of a bunch of food, I'll just maybe this will start a trend of me not going and getting takeout every single day like I do. Well, turns out <laughs> very good idea. Tommy was the same. And I remember when you told me about that, I go, Tommy came home the same day because he always has CNBC or whatever on at work. And he's like, this is coming to the U.S. and mm-hmm. it's going to be bad. And I was kind of one of those people that was like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I 100 percent think it's a huge deal. Yes. And we have ordered a ton of food. He had to go to Target today and get stuff because Amazon will not deliver mm-hmm. and everything is out of stock, even if you try and order anything. And it's. It's just now beginning. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. And it will go to other places because a friend of mine said, oh, you know, my my in-laws went to Fredericksburg, which is a place in South Texas where there's a bunch of wineries and there's little buses you can take to the wineries. And he said, oh, yeah, my my in-laws said, oh, it's no big deal because there's no cases down here. Well, the thing about Fredericksburg is it's a destination, right? So people come from other places in Texas or Arkansas or Louisiana and they come ride the bus and they're all riding the bus with each other and then they go back to Arkansas, Louisiana, North Texas, and spread it to places where it wasn't before and the incubation period so long that it, it is going to it's just going to it's a domino effect but as far as supplies go or food stocking I was I am a devout watcher of CNBC and they were saying there's no supply issues in so far as like grocery stores like General Mills can still make cereal that's not a big right. deal and the toilet pa- Charmin can still make toilet paper they're shipping it to the stores right now there's no supply chain issue right now it's just people are buying it quicker than they're normal they're panic buying yeah they're panic buying and so the, there's a spike in buying so they haven't the stocking hasn't quite caught up but there's plenty of you know they have plenty of stuff in right. warehouses and no, stuff that's going to come out the consumer is is what's 
creating the problem right now. Was it Tommy? Affording things. Did Tommy post that article about why people were buying toilet paper? And it's a psychological thing of yeah. when you're faced with a, a panic situation, it's like a tiny Band-Aid, but you at least feel like you're doing you something. You feel like you have some control over some Kind mm-hmm. of how like you ordered food because mm-hmm. you thought, well, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. You control the things you can. The issue is, the article I posted the other day from the New York Times. Oh, man. Those asshole Colvin brothers in that Tennessee were buying up the well first of all that guy before this makes his living doing that on Amazon mm-hmm. people he do makes, that he makes six figures a year like buying Nikes and like he'll just watch the trends of like what's the top toy right now that kids want he'll buy them all up and then sell them mark them up 50% or whatever and that's what what he sells them for so when he he says in that article when he heard about this happening in China he immediately went on Amazon and bought all the Lysol wipes he could find all the hand sanitizer toilet paper everything he has a huge storage unit of it he was selling it for like 70% markup it was insane well uh, the New York Times got a hold of it. And... My favorite was they willingly spoke on the record oh, to yeah. the New York Times, including photos of them oh, yeah. standing in front of it. But he also said, I'm not looking to get on the front page of any newspaper about all of this. Oopsie. You talk to the New York Times, you dipshit. So, it, man, that picture of him with his uh, his arms crossed and he's standing kind of furrowed brow in front of a just stack after stack of Purell bottles. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I'm just 17,000 bottles of Purell. I'm just trying to make a living. Go fuck yourself. You know who needs that? Everybody. Everybody. Well, now it's been seized. Yep. Feels and good. it's getting donated to churches and hospitals and people that actually need it. And the mayor of Tennessee sent a cease and desist order. Or the, and, the attorney general. Or the, yes. And um, he's like, we will find the shit out of anybody that price gouges Because they're like, like by the way, we're going to come take all that. You can, and, and as they posted in a Texas lawyers forum and it said, this man is donating all these. And someone said, on advice of counsel. Yeah. It's not willingly. Don't. No, no, no. That's like someone that's like, I'm doing community service because they said you had you to. Because you got a DWI. Yeah, because yeah. the judge said you had yes, to. Yes, exactly. So that's it. The, they came and took it all. And man, that video of, there's a local news guy in Tennessee that's been following the case and said, well, they didn't answer my call. So we went out there and it's just cell phone video and the guy's just standing in there while they just take dolly yeah. after dolly just all these boxes away from them and it's like oh fuck you man but that article focuses on them but it also mentions there's a ton oh, of yeah. other people that do that and several other people that straight up said you can't use my real name yeah were like oh you mean the smart ones that yes talk to them. yeah they're like we went around to every dollar general walgreens cvs bought all of that out and now we sell and if you i mean i was on amazon the other day trying to order purell Oh, I can get some for $150. There's toilet paper going for $162. Anyone that is doing that in this time is the biggest, gets the biggest golden juice award. Yeah, you go to hell and you die. Yes, you have to. That's just terrible. This isn't the time to profiteer off of people's panic and anxiety. This is a legit time where... Anxiety and mental health is going to spike. Yeah, it's going to be a big Suicide deal. rates are going to spike. I mean, this is... I worry about like, domestic violence or yes, child abuse. Yes, people... Their kids we, aren't at school. We and are so. by design social creatures. And if you can't get out and be social and you're stuck in a house with your family and tensions are high and or just by yourself mm-hmm. and you're lonely and, and Isolated. depression. Yeah, this is... It's scary. It's unlike anything anybody's ever experienced and we talked about like should we keep recording Mm -hmm. and we said 
well, one, we're six feet apart from each other right now. Well, we're also so almost, we're good. we see each other so many times a week. Yeah, You're like, we're basically one of us, married. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we a- see our spouses. But we also thought, like, this is a time where people are so, feel so isolated. Mm-hmm. And if we can keep putting out episodes and mm-hmm. help people feel some connection and we're still normalcy here. still, yeah. yeah. So, we just want you guys to know that we're here for you. And that's the good thing, too, about having a recording studio in my guest bedroom yes. is that they can't shut me down. We this have my well, house. <laughs> I'll be goddamn. I'll be goddamn. It's my house. <laughs> They're like, you can't. Technically, you don't live here. Tommy Ella, Christy, you're moving in. <laughs> we're living here. Uh, so we want everyone to stay safe, stay healthy, yeah. be smart. We're all in this together. Be extra my- kind to people right now. No, I agree. My question on Saturday, you know, everyone's like, you know, you shouldn't go to bars, which I agree with. And then you see these videos of people that are just asses to elbows in St. Patrick's Day bars. And I'm like, if there wasn't a deadly virus, I wouldn't want to be there. Why would you? What what is so compelling about going and getting somebody smushing up on you, sweating? People like to laugh in the face of things like this. I don't know why they think it, it shows some sort of bravery or just like defiance or whatever it's also the normalcy bias yeah like you don't want to believe that things are different than what you've always known Mm -hmm. and that also stems from anxiety and denial Mm -hmm. but the reality watch any (laughs) any news conference any press conference fauci today was like if you think you're overreacting, you're not. Mm-hmm. The reality is as bad as everyone thinks things are, it's actually much worse because you're always a few steps behind yep. in situations like this. Mm-hmm. And I think the prediction is that Italy is like 16 days ahead of we- where we are, mm-hmm. which is why all of these drastic measures are being put in place. So we're not on lockdown where mm-hmm. people can't leave their houses. They're they're hospitals it's heartbreaking they don't have the beds they're having to choose who dies yes i read the circle the other day it was like people over 80 are going to die you just have to go home and because they they're deemed like well we have to let someone go yeah so you've had a good run yes basically so and it's and it's completely heartbreaking and I mean, just look at the number in statistics. The U.S. does not have the beds to handle a pandemic. And there's, I think it was something like 250,000, that m- number might be wrong, beds available. If things keep going how it is, there's 600,000 people mm-hmm. that are going to need, like, it just doesn't add up. The numbers aren't there. So it's up to us. The government can put a ton of restrictions in place but like if we don't adhere to those and we still say you know what fuck it i'm gonna go to a skate park and make out with my boyfriend <laughs> freaking horny tonight i'm going to the skate park like get some this tongue. isn't the time no chill your Stay ass in your out room, jerk off just yeah. like the rest of us yeah i mean it's, this isn't the time no it's not a time to be defiant and no. be like i'll show them this is my freedom i'm gonna yeah. go out there you know what i gotta go to the roadhouse gonna, your freedom is gonna get taken away even more yeah. that's the thing if we don't do something now and that's pretty much what uh the dallas county judge clay jenkins who is in charge of setting county level policy came out and said we need you to be you know take take one for the team be responsible be selfless try to save your grandma somebody else's grandma mm-hmm. and if not will make you i mean yeah. and they, they shut the bars down in dallas monday the 16th because last week when they said could you please not go people all went and they go well you, we asked you it's like parents yeah You're like, we, we asked you not to do it and now we're telling you you can't do it yeah so it's starting and pretty to get, soon like parents you're gonna have a curfew 
Mm-hmm. To where you can't go out at all. We've been naughty little children and they've got to <laughs> stop us. And because also, even is- if you're not sick, it doesn't matter. You could be a carrier. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, they're seeing now that like that is way more dangerous than they originally thought. At first, it was like, well, you only can and spread it if you're showing symptoms. Nope. Nope. You can be a carrier and chances are, a lot of us have had it mm-hmm. and don't even know. They said that guy in New York, and one guy that they know of infected 50 people. What The That's person in, like, in, wasn't it Singapore, infected like 1,500? Yep. yep. So don't go to Fredericksburg just because you think you're feeling That's fine. That's what my, my poor friend was like. I wanted to slap them in their heads. And I was like, what do you do? And he goes, they're, I mean, and they're in their 60s. And he's like, you can't. What am I going to tell them? I'm not their parents. They're my parents. <laughs> like You can't stop yeah, them. So it's, it's just frustrating. It is. And it's just it's just like the flu. And you're like, no, no, no. It's not at all like Call the flu. Call me when one guy gives 50 people the flu. He doesn't. I mean, you really have to spit in someone's and mouth. And when the entire country and world is shut down because yeah. of the flu. Also, for like two seconds, maybe consider somebody knows a little bit more than you. Yeah. So and, two, and for two seconds, consider someone <laughs> other than yourself. Like you said, yeah. just because you're like, I'm fine. I don't care if I get sick. I'm healthy. That's great. You know who aren't? People that are immunocompromised. You know how many friends that we personally mm-hmm. have that I see posting on Facebook Diabetes, that are like, hey, Hashimoto's. if you want to put a, a face with the name of these people that wouldn't survive this, hi, I'm one of them. And they're good friends of mine. And, and for, for anybody that look, you know, it's one of those where it's like the disability you can't see, right? It's something that, well, that, that person's like 32. She's fine. It's like, well, what you don't know is she has diabetes or she has, you know, he has Hashimoto's or whatever. Yes. They have something that makes it's a, they have lupus. Well, they look fine. They look young and healthy, whatever. No, they, they will stay away. And so do you and we'll all be yes. better. And it's, it's turned into it's a kids. angry it's, lecture. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. And, to be fair, though, you all did this to yourself because you wouldn't stand when they told you to. <laughs> we all did it. I mean, I but, did it to myself. But, I didn't know. I went to work on Friday because I had to. I mean, it, it was just kind of like, oh, everyone was kind of business as well, normal. Well, it's escalated exponentially yeah. each day. It's not even day, just by hours. The fact that you shut New York City down, it's not a joke. You know, it's no. like they don't, the, that poor, I mean, I'll say poor de Blasio. Some people say he wasn't acting fast enough. But that's such a huge amount of people in such a small amount of space that you're like, well, uh, what do we do? Well, can yeah. you shut it down? Well, not really. I mean, we can try because, and then also, it's just affecting everyone financially, which hopefully, very much, there so. will be a bailout. There, you know, tax returns, or there'll be just literally. I remember when George Bush was president, that you just got a check mm-hmm. for however many dollars. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, DCH had to close its stores temporarily today. That's our Dallas Comedy House, our comedy home yeah, where and, we met, I mean, where we perform. All of our friends. I mean, we're friends with everybody that works there. Mm-hmm. The owner is one of my best friends. So, like. Everyone is getting hit super hard. This is unprecedented. This like nothing anybody's mm-hmm. seen. Nobody knows how to deal with to Mm-mm. shut. Who if if anybody had ever said, uh, "Well, we're gonna have to shut down New York City." Okay, Michael jo- Bay. Yeah, what do you think? This is Ghostbusters that's, too. That's insane. But like, this is this is like nothing we've ever mm-hmm. seen. Which is why I started journaling today. I was like, someday. I want Ella to see like what was going on and, and myself. I want to look back on this and be like, this was insane. It's going to be in her history book. And oh, for sure. You'll have a firsthand account. Yeah. And she'll write a really good essay and get an A plus, which she was already going to get anyway. <laughs> well, we'll start stop tangenting about it because we know everyone has heard. We'll put it in the uh, in the show notes. If you want to skip ahead to this timestamp, <laughs> skip our coronavirus. But we thought we I mean, it has to be addressed because yeah, it's a, it, it's the. Yeah. Do I even want to say elephant in a room? It's not even something I mean, bigger than an elephant. Yeah. 
Taking up the whole room. Yeah. Well, to wrap it up, stay safe, stay healthy. We're thinking about you guys. And if you need to just reach out and say and just have some human interaction on mm-hmm. email or, or DM us or, or whatever, we we will reply. We always yeah, we reply, reply and we will certainly reply on our personal pages and nine. the show pages yeah. and email and whatever. So, so we're thinking about you and um, wash your hands. Yes. <laughs> Don't touch your face, <laughs> which is a reminder to myself. Well, let's get into what our topic this week is. So, St. Patrick's today Day. Today is what? The 16th. So tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And this will come out on the day after St. Patrick's yes. Day. So don't let staying inside uh, stop you from having the uh, Irish spirit. <laughs> we wanted to do something that was festive. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is, we also want to do something that's a little lighthearted given and the a, times and, and everything. And mythological. We like cryptids and spooky things. Yeah. I am, uh, I was just talking to my mom about this before we recorded. So my mom's mom was 100% Irish. So that makes my mom 50%. Mm-hmm. So I'm a quarter Irish, but I'm probably actually more because my dad had Irish on his side too. And Wallace is a very Irish, Wallace Scottish Wallace is Scottish name. actually, yeah. Um, but my middle name, which is my mom's maiden name, is Merrill, which is oh. very Irish. Very cool. So yeah, I'm Irish and Scottish. I think I'm more Irish than Scottish. I'm not sure. But my ancestry I, test came back 99% British Isles, Scotland, and Ireland. There you go. Like, yeah. All right, well, mine would be very similar as well. I want to take one. I got my mom one for Christmas and it just came back and she's 67% Irish. Oh, nice. And then I don't know what else. I want to do the Ancestry.com one. I did Vitagene. I think I gave her Ancestry.com. I think that's the one I did. Uh Did you spit into a tube? Yes, I did. And then it told me that I was allergic to wheat, which I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then I had eczema. I was like, also, yes. And that different types of exercises helped me like build muscle versus like I have the genetic predisposition to gain weight from sugar versus fat, stuff like that. I have that too. So I would like to do that one. My I did, I got my mom the one that was had the traits with it too. So oh, cool. it's like you're probably more likely to well, it was have red hair and freckles. She hasn't okay. neither. Spoiler. But, but, but also you're was, Irish. Yeah. But uh yeah, a little stereotype there. But the this is a fun one. So let's get into it. A banshee is a mythological entity from Irish folklore whose piercing scream was seen as a sign of someone's impending death. According to legend, if one heard the shrieks of a banshee, you or someone you love would soon be leaving this world. You hear that wail of the banshee? Screaming. My mom would say, she's screaming like a banshee. I, I say you're screaming like a banshee, yeah. Mm-hmm. The word banshee comes from the Irish bon sea, meaning woman of the other world. The name also translates to woman of the fairy mound, according to the Irish post. These grassy mounds can be seen all along the Irish countryside and are referred to as tamuli. Traditionally, the mounds cover a grave, with many believing the tamuli house the spirits of those that are buried there. Have you been to Ireland? No, I want to go so bad. I I've, think I want to do like a week that's like Ireland, Scotland. Yeah. My mom and brothers went two, three years ago, and I wasn't able to go. Man. And I regret it to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go Ire- Ireland, Scotland, Wales, everything over there. Their mm-hmm. pictures were gorgeous. They had a great time. The Banshee goes by several monikers in Ireland, according to the Irish Post, including Hag of the Mist, Hag of the Blackhead, and Little Washerwoman. The latter derives from the legend that banshees can be seen standing in streams, washing the blood from the clothes of those that are about to die, similar to the Gaelic Scotland legend of the Bon Nye. 
Uh, they call her a hag a lot. That's hurtful. <laughs> yes. Lady. You, you could say lady you don't know of the her. Look at this old hag. <laughs> hag of the mist. Mist is so pretty and, and evokes like a, you know, real ethereal. But then you got to throw a hag in there and it just like, ruins the whole thing. So lady of the mist versus hag of the mist. <laughs> yeah, there's a very different uh, implication there. If, if it was a cologne or a perfume, you're like, would you like a squirt of hag of the mist? <laughs> no. I don't want to smell but like what a about garbage lady of the mist. I will take that. It <laughs> okay. smells refreshing. Versions of the Banshee tale cast them as a sort of Irish goddess. They are regarded as protectors of their assigned family and its noble land, a type of a territorial figure who provides sovereignty. As legend has it, the Banshee was considered to be associated with families whose surnames begin with O, Mick, or Mac, with a different Banshee belonging to each family. Folklorists say she was there to warn them of the death of a loved one. I'm on the list. So you're the banshee for your family. I'm I, just going to say yeah, that right now. Just hollering. It's <laughs> happening. The, the virus is outbreaking. Yeah. They did not heed your wails at, I'm a in February, and now they wish they had. I'm constantly wailing. You were, you were predicting something. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. A banshee will stay with a family through times of wealth and times of strife. Irish folklorist Elliot O'Donnell writes that the Banshee is strictly a family ghost. Quoting another folklorist, D.R. McAnally Jr., as saying, The Banshee attends only the old families, and though their descendants through misfortune may be brought down from high estate to ranks of peasant farmers, she never leaves nor forgets them till the last member has been gathered to his fathers in the churchyard. You know what? She's a ride or die bitch. <laughs> See, I am a Banshee. Also, I am also a ride or die <laughs> there bitch. There you go. She don't care if you're poor. She will follow you to the grave. No. Elliot O'Donnell and D.R. McAnally are two of the most Irish names so Irish. I've ever said. The, the, uh, <laughs> Elliot O'Donnell has written several books on the Banshee. There is a lot of books. And then, I mean, D.R. McAnally is like a fo- famous folklorist who's quoted in those books as well. So I uh, love the name Elliot. There's, I do too. There's I, a, uh, that was considered for Ella. Oh, and so you went Ella instead? There were a lot of variations of L Ella. names. Yeah, L names, yeah. But then that Rihanna song came out and yeah. you were like, this is it, <laughs> yeah, Ella, yeah, Ella. That predated her by quite a bit. But <laughs> um, yeah, Elliot, I've always I've always liked that for a girl or a guy. Like Elliot Ness. Yes, or Elliot. From E.T. Don't mention that. <laughs> you guys, I have to tell a story. We have this, Christy and I have a chat that we talk on that's just, you know, I mean, we're besties. So we talk about personal stuff and show stuff. And then we have one that's called Under the Hood. That's me, Christy, and Tommy. And we, he's our producer. So we talk to him about stuff. But since this whole coronavirus started, we also like talk on there. And we were talking about back before everything got canceled, what may get canceled and how it may go. And Tommy's like, would you say that there's going to be tents like on E.T.? He said... DCH, I think it was like, oh, it was a festival. We were talking about how the festival might get canceled. And he was like, oh, or he was making a joke, and he, but it was not funny. He said, <laughs> it'll just be like the end of E.T. where everyone's in the tents. I got legit mad. <laughs> she was like, babe, I'm crying right now. Because <laughs> we were not in the same room. Funny thing, like anytime we're responding on that thread, we're never in the same room. <laughs> I always we, wonder that. No, I'm like, never. aren't they sitting beside each other? Nope. How nice they're taking the time to text just me. It's like, no, they're texting each other also. Uh, no, we are always in opposite rooms. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that group chat. <laughs> it is a fun one. The general consensus is that a banshee only haunts members of a bona fide Irish family that at its minimum is a thousand years old. 
Simply having an Irish last name will not attract a banshee. It is the Irish blood and lineage that makes a family worthy. Um, also wearing a shirt that says, kiss me, I'm Irish. <laughs> that, yeah, that you bought at Target. Or the lady I saw at Whole Foods on Saturday morning, I had to go, I ran out of coffee. It was an emergency. I had to go to Whole Foods, who had a shirt on that said, uh, happy St. Patty's fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that you are... 100% Irish if you're wearing that shirt. <laughs> so it's like, whose shirt? Who wears that? And, it's, and most people don't know this unless they're Irish or they, I guess not most people. A lot of people I'm sure do know this. I did not know this until I had a boss that was Irish. It is not St. Patty's Day. It is Patty's with the a D's. D. And he would get so pissed off. If <laughs> like Patty's, Patty's Pub on Always Sunny. Yes, yes, but he's but I'm like, well, that's confusing because it's Patrick. Mm-hmm. But then we're supposed to say Patty with a D. If you're in the know, you know. I guess, I guess so. Well, I was not sh- in the know. Now I do know, and lady. I should have known since I'm a quarter Irish. You got to get more. on your on your heritage. Also, if you wear shamrock antennas that light up, you're <laughs> automatically Irish. I have some suspenders with shamrocks <laughs> Perfect. on them. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is said if more than one banshee appears together, it signifies the death of a great or noble person. In one instance described in the book Irish Wonders, an incredibly pious woman was ill and had many friends and family at her bedside. Though the woman seemed to be getting better, those in the room heard the echoes of a choir of singing outside her window. They knew, in fact, it was a chorus of banshees come to take the woman away. She developed a lung condition and died a few days later. It was said that it was the woman's devoutly religious nature that attracted the chorus of banshees. So it's like, a, you know, you got more showing up. You had more clout. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I'd like the polyphonic spree of banshees <laughs> to show up when I'm about to go. <laughs> they do a choreographed dance. They have tambourines. So many tambourines. Yeah, it's a flash mob of banshees <laughs> that signal my passing to the other world. <laughs> I'm going to need to be ushered with a flash mob. <laughs> There have also been cases where the banshee wails as a signal that the choice someone has made will lead to their death. One legend describes a young woman who accepted a proposal for marriage. As she said yes, the low, sad cry of a banshee was heard nearby. Later, prior to the marriage, the man left his fiancée. The deserted woman was said to be so sad that she died of a broken heart. Just before she passed, the banshee once again wailed, this time at the girl's mother's house warning her of the impending death of her daughter. Perhaps if the young woman had heeded the Banshee's initial warning and instead declined the marriage proposal, she would have escaped her fate. This Banshee is a ride-or-die bitch who's trying to tell you that the dick will drag you down. This is me. This is, like... <laughs> Hollering. She's she's whispering in her ear, girl, this is not the one no, for you. Run. Do you know who he was with the other night? You don't, but I do because I'm a Banshee he's and I can go wherever. of a bitch and he's going to break your heart. Leave him. He tried Say to no. tell her. You know what? If you if if you're getting proposed to, and then they're like, "Will you marry me?" And as you say yes, someone's like, "No, stop! Just shut <laughs> it down." She's the original. Does anyone object to this <laughs> wedding? She doesn't need she's, to be. Asked, she didn't though. even need to get to the wedding. She's <laughs> objecting before you have to go through that pain. Exactly. In other instances, soldiers saddling up for a ride into battle have heard the shriek of the banshee, signaling to them that the ride will be their last. Upon hearing the doomful cries, the soldiers would flee. Ironically, this retreat would often result in the men's death, according to the Irish Post. 
the men were often killed by their own armies for deserting their stations or would fall victim to the harsh elements of Mother Nature while hiding from the terrifying sound. She don't stand for no weenies either. You better <laughs> roll into battle with your friends like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Although her cries are normally in the night, author D.R. McAnally wrote that when the banshee wails in the daytime, the cry can only be heard by the one who is doomed to die. In most instances of encountering a banshee, she is heard well before she is seen. Usually, a banshee signals an impending death by a blood-curdling scream, a wail, a moan, or even some clapping or tapping on window panes. See, it's that daytime stuff again, mm-hmm. like I talked about last week. If Freaky. it happens in the daytime, it's even scarier. Mm-hmm. Freaky stuff in the daytime means you're the one. Mm-hmm. Elliot O'Donnell, the Irish author and folklorist, claims to have encountered several banshees. The most sinister and haunting sound of the banshee he ever heard was a simple chuckle. In his book, The Banshee, O'Donnell describes it as a low and short but terribly expressive chuckle, a satanic chuckle, a chuckle full of mockery, as if it had been made by one who is in full knowledge of coming events, of events that would present an extremely unpleasant surprise. Oh, it's kind of like a. <laughs> I guess so. But enjoy. Chuckle is such a jovial, nice word. <laughs> I usually think of a chuckle as more of like a. <laughs> I think of it as a. <laughs> yeah, not a, like, <laughs> like a guffaw. To me, is like a. <laughs> that's more of a guffaw. There's so many different laughs. Which types. I love the word guffaw. It's a great one. I just said it like five times. A, guita- a guffaw sound also sounds just like a, a would be a, an accessory, a fashion accessory. Yeah, Get a guffaw to go with that. You'll look great. <laughs> oh. You know what would really make that outfit? A, gu- a nice guffaw. Good guffaw. Mm-hmm. Pashmina and a guffaw right on top of each other. Get out. Don't even. You are on the cover of every <laughs> fashion magazine. Trendsetter. Well, if you do happen to spot a banshee, however, before you hear her glass-shattering scream, legend has it that she will disappear before your eyes, seemingly evaporating into a gray mist. Oftentimes, accompanying this disappearing act is the flapping sound of a bird's wings. Also like me. If you look at me, I run away. The flapping sound is my legs rubbing together because <laughs> my yoga pant dress pants make a whoosh and I feel like George Costanza at work. <laughs> shoo, 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 One benefit shoo. of working from home. I don't have to whoosh through the office anymore. Oh, man. But those pants are so comfortable. Yoga business pants? They're beta brand yoga pant dress pants, and they're the most comfortable pants ever. Could you do yoga in them? Uh-huh. Easily. Nice. I do stretches in my office in them. Very nice. But now if I work from home, I just wear real yoga pants. You know what? I think you should flip the script and start going <laughs> full on like business, business professional suit. at home suit wake up uh, a pencil skirt hair is done blazer full makeup full makeup hair heels that's right do not take them off just because you're at home no nope. hose yes <laughs> pantyhose pantyhose and all yes. yes i'll go old school on it <laughs> some legends involve the banshee combing her long unkept hair and describe the loss of her comb According to legend, if some unfortunate person finds her comb, that person will be chased all the way home by an angry banshee, and she will bang on the walls and doors of the house until she receives her hair tool. When giving her comb back, it is recommended that a person uses something other than their hands. One fortunate man found when he attempted to return a comb to a banshee using tongs, the banshee took half the tongs with him, saving his hands from her clutches. Also lose my comb all the time. Me too. And uh, in this situation, Ella is the banshee because she steals steals my comb all the time. I'll have to get new ones. No idea where they are. She just hides them? Yeah, I don't know. She must have a little 
toddler safe somewhere that <laughs> you're gonna find a there's a cutout underneath her crib that she like lifts open like an in-floor <laughs> safe and you're like oh my god it's the deed to the house how did she yeah, get my social she's security got all sorts card of stuff for weeks we couldn't find the fire stick remote had to order a new one then the other day she hit it again and we're like where's the remote refrigerator no it's like if i open this refrigerator was it, it, it was not but oh. she does like to put things in the refrigerator we just had to start using the app on our phone yeah which i use is, my app does not always work then i found it oh, okay good it was Where in was the couch it? it was in the couch and i think it. it was my fault yeah it's always <laughs> <Blame in the couch>. <laughs> <laughs> another word for banshee is bon shion meaning keening woman in Ireland in the 8th century, it was tradition for women to sing a sad song to honor the death of a loved one. These singers were called keeners and would sing lamentations or funeral songs in mourning. Songs were a staple at Irish funerals, where the crowd of attendees would be separated into two sections, and each would take turns joining in to sing songs that honor and mourn the dead. All right, what's your funeral song? Oh, man, face down, ass up. <laughs> 100%. And I want to be buried face down as up. <laughs> In the coffin, which will be open. <laughs> I want to I want everyone to have to pay homage to my booty. And then a thousand years they open the coffin and they're like, the skeleton fucks. <laughs> I certainly hope so. What's yours? Uh, uh, boys to men into the road. Come oh, on. nice. That's a better one. Yeah, I should probably rethink mine to make uh, it something a little less no. controversial. I will never forget there was a, a TLC special about a person who had some type of a very rare disease and then he ended up dying. In the, I mean, it's like, can I just interrupt to say, when you first said this, I thought you meant the band TLC. <laughs> And now I realize like, you remember it as three it's women the channel. <laughs> there was a guy, though. Okay. No, it was the channel. And he was buried and they he played Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And I was like, that's that's the, that's good. That's a classic. I one. love Queen. It was it don't stop played me heavily now. in my wedding. That Killer Queen too. is like my theme song. Killer Queen's a great one. Don't Stop Me Now always makes me think of Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Yes. Also, oh, which is such a great movie. So good. And, and that scene what? is so good, too. Also, well, just great advice when he's like, go to go to. Uh, mom's house what does he say like go to mom's house shoot rick sorry rick and then go down and grab a pint and wait for it all to blow yeah, over yeah hopefully some advice blow. we can he well nobody shoot anybody's mom no no we'll or dad, just yeah. have a pint and wait wait it out right now the irish tradition of keening is a rhythmic wailing and mourning meant to help the dead pass safely into the next world women who worked as keeners have been described in two ways as either respected members of society, seen as a sort of spiritual guide, highly paid by wealthy families, or, alternatively, as lower class, since they were women who were sometimes paid with alcohol to sing for others. This led to chaste people in the community to deem them sinners who would be punished to take on a ghostly form in the afterworld and sing songs of death forever as banshees. Yeah, this was one of those. Anytime we research something that's like, I don't know, kind of not real. I mean, this is like a real legend, but it's not like a factual event where there were police reports. You, banshees? <laughs> I'd love to see a police report of ask, a, a copper's police report of a banshee. <laughs> if you ask Elliot O'Donnell, they're very real. <laughs> but it's one of those where half the people are like, oh, Keening women were very. And other reports were like, these were trash of society. So who? Who of us hasn't been paid to sing karaoke in shots? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been paid to sing by with alcohol. What was your karaoke go-to jam? Oh, man. Um, <sighs> kind of basic. Well, I'm, I like to do Goodbye Earl a lot, which That's is a very one. basic. I've done Journey before, also very basic. Mm -hmm. 
Um, was it Baby Got Back? I did for a while. Hard to do. Yeah. Harder than you would think. I kind of just, I don't really have a go-to. I like to see what I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah, get, get in the mood. But I uh, I have a lower range, so I got to pick stuff like Fleetwood Mac is a mm-hmm. good. Dixie Chicks is too high for me. I shouldn't be singing it, but I get a few Feels of so me, good. I think. Yeah. It's a go time. Goodbye Earl is such a good song, too. Yeah, it's a good one. And the video is That video is wild. Tommy was watching it the other day. He was he loves the Dixie Chicks, first of all. But he went down this like old school Dixie Chicks rabbit hole and he was like, That video is wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They straight up commit a murder. Yeah, they do. They do. And they are not sorry about it. No, my go to's were always You're So Vain and Downtown by Petula Clark. Also good. And uh You're So Vain is a great song. My name is or a real Slim Shady, which I don't really do anymore. But I don't, I don't That's a hard one too. Bad. That's one of those ones that you don't realize how hard it is to sing until you're doing it. Catch nineteen to twenty three year old Heather at a karaoke and every time I was like, Every word, I freaking nailed it. <laughs> I just talk naturally fast, so it lends itself. Oh, there you go. Play to your strengths. <laughs> Well, there are many variations as to what a banshee looks like. Typically, they are depicted as solitary figures, usually as older women with flowing, unkept hair, no shoes, and untidy clothes. Keening women of the ancient days would have matched this description as well. The harbinger of death has also been said to wear a gray cloak over a green dress, her eyes bloodshot red from all the weeping. Still, some claim the banshee appears as a headless woman, naked from the waist up, Carrying a bowl of blood, according to CelticWeddingRings.com. I think that the best receptacle for blood is a jug and not a bowl because a bowl has got such an open mouth. It's going to splash. splash. You know you're going to splash that carrying that around. Blood stains, too. Yeah. And then that's why you got to get in a river and wash it off. Or you wear an unkempt gray cloak and it just absorbs it. You don't want to wear something nice (laughs) and carry a bowl of blood around. this lovely linen jumpsuit. (laughs) Oh, no. Not again. Tales of her age also vary, with some claiming banshees can make themselves appear as young and beautiful as they want. The belief is the banshee takes on the appearance of a young virgin of the family that met an untimely death. Others say she resembles that of a more stereotypical witch, an old hunchbacked woman. Well, you already died a virgin. Now you gotta come back and deal with haunting a family. I'm sorry, what's my job? Oh, when someone dies, you scream at them. God dang it. I should have had sex. <laughs> should have gone to that skate park and made out with a boy. Right? The question of the Banshee's height varies from legend to legend as well. Some allege the mythical woman is unnaturally tall, like a giant, while most sightings depict her as short in stature, standing somewhere between one and four feet. Well, if you're laying on your deathbed and she's standing above you four feet, you'd think she was a giant. But really, I mean, it's just she's perspective. Just a, yeah, she's much shorter That's than the laying down person. height. Yeah. One foot is fun. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a fairy. Like, uh, yeah, that's kind of what she is. Little, or a leprechaun. Yes. I don't know. We should have done. Sorry, are you triggered by me? <laughs> My heart is quite happening. Start it's happening. <laughs> Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day yeah, in recording time. Out. You guys are listening to this in the future, and you'll know whether or not the leprechaun got that's me. That's true. Well, good thing is you'll be in your house. That's true. Great. So. That's where he strikes. <laughs> awesome. He's going to come down your chimney. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> With all the variations in appearance, it's no surprise that each Irish family's banshee may look different than that of another family. Folklorist D.R. McAnally Jr. says the Banshee is really a disembodied soul, that of one who in life was strongly attached to the family or had good reason to hate all its members. In that way, Banshees can be categorized into two groups, 
the friendly banshees and hateful banshees, according to Elliot O'Donnell. He concedes, however, that those two categories can have infinite subcategories and that the only general consensus is that she appears as a ghostly woman who screams to warn of death. It's think- very sharks versus jets. <laughs> East egg and west egg. <laughs> like who? Um, Glinda the Good Witch and then the Wicked and, Witch? Yeah, there's always got to be a good and evil it's and a good story. Balancing. The balancing of the universe. Mm-hmm. There are two types of songs of the Banshee. If she is calling upon a beloved family member, her call is tender, soft and low, according to McAnally. In an attempt to comfort the surviving family members and gently guide them towards a peaceful afterlife. The second type comes from a Banshee who is an enemy of the family in life. That is the more recognizable scream that McAnally calls howling with demonic delight over the coming death agony of another of her foes. It's real satisfying, Hal. Mm. You're going down. <laughs> yeah. But what would cause a hateful banshee? McCannelly's book indicates that a family member's mistreatment of a woman may give rise to her spirit coming back as a banshee. In one case, the head of the family first deceived and then murdered a young woman. McCannelly writes that years after the murder, the patriarch had become comfortable and forgotten his earlier crime. It was just then, as he sat with his family beside a fire, they all heard a piercing scream of a banshee. The man recognized the voice as that of his previous victim. The next day, when he was murdered, the banshee's cry was heard again, and a twisted celebration of justice finally served. Now, revenge is fun. Mm. And if you could come back, like, decades later, when he's hanging by the fire, maybe they're making s'mores. They're probably playing a tambourine. Who knows? Doesn't suspect a thing at like, all. I'm going to get your ass tomorrow. Yeah. And he's like, what? It's you. Oh, bitch, it is. It's a long con, but it was worth it. Oh, you end. know what? Bide your time. Very, very satisfying. Slow burn. Oh, yes. So what perhaps inspired this legend? Well, parts of Ireland believe that the dead do not leave this earth, but are always with us after they die. Banshees appear in times of great joy or intense difficulty, helping to guide those still living. Like other spirits, the banshee appears in one of life's greatest difficulties, death. Her mission is to either as a friendly banshee, assist in the transition to death, or make it as traumatic as possible in cases where she finds herself a mortal enemy of the family. There were some of these legends I was reading where she was like straight up chasing people that try to run from her and stuff, but it was when they were hateful banshees. When the person, you, I like to think that the banshee is just and that she was mm. only making it worse and traumatizing those who had deserved it. I think so. She's very... It's 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 hot or cold. It's one or the it's one or the other. I kind of like it. There's no middle ground with the banshee. Mm-hmm. She's either going to love you or she's going to hate you. You know what? She's got on and off. That's it. <laughs> Earliest accounts of the banshee date back to 1380, according to the Irish Post, with tales of the witchy woman appearing in Norman literature at that time. Over the years, however, banshee sightings have become less frequent. In the 16th century, in response to Irish rebellions, the crown confiscated large swaths of land in Ireland and instated new rulers on each plot. Although the Englishmen took titles in Ireland, they were not actually Irish, meaning they were not truly of the land on which they lived. Banshee's loyalty was to a family and its land, meaning if new inhabitants not of the lineage took up residence, she would not protect them as they were not truly nobles of the property. Additionally, this change in populace led to a fundamental change in the ethnic makeup of the country, meaning several long-held traditions died off. It's true. Just because you plant your flag doesn't mean it's yours. Mm-mm. America. Like, Americans. <laughs> Banshee's like, uh, bitch, you're going to die and you're not going to know. 
<laughs> I don't care about you. Just because we planted a flag on the moon doesn't mean we mm, own it. We do because pirate law. Mm, do we own the moon? I think so. If you if you translate in many ways, aerospace law closely mirrors uh, maritime law, which is like law mm. of the ocean, and whatever ship. Is the whatever flag a ship is flying, that's the country under which it is, which is why pirates would take a ship and then put the Jolly Roger up. So, in theory, if space law mirrors maritime law, if you put a flag on the moon, it's dibs. Can I be a space lawyer? How does (laughs) one get that job? Dude, that is. Is that a real job? Mm hmm. Part of my... Uh, I'm going back to school. Dude, when, I was when all this blows over, I'm... I, fuck it. I've got all the time in the world. I got a computer. I'm going to start taking online space law classes. You absolutely can. I My law review job was... So when you're on law review in law school, the first year that you're on it, you have to edit stuff, which I did not love. The second year, you could have a different job. And my job was to... Uh, basically organize a conference that was for aviation and space law space wow. law and it's people so who, what are they what are they lawyering oh like nasa Planets? space saturn gets into a bind yes whenever someone's uh, they're uh, late on their rent payment you got to repo <laughs> the io with jupiter with jupiter moon <laughs> take it back Sudden, uh, hold up his end of child support. And like, who, what, like, so if you, lo- like, I own this piece of land in theory, right? The bank owns it, but you know, the house that I live in. But how far up does my ownership go? Like, can the space, it goes all the way to space, right? In does theory. It? Well, and then there's, yeah. I mean, it should. Fuck. So I own the stars above my house? It's yours. I mean, it does rotate. So I think you share them with the other people that are in that line. It's like a shared custody of the stars. Oh, or like a, a timeshare. <laughs> so if you got, a little um, elevator and you just went zoop right from your living room straight up to space. Everything that I'm going up is mine. In theory, it's yours. But the problem is then you have uh, governmental restrictions. So like in Dallas, we have Alpha and Bravo and Charlie airspace where you're allowed to fly or not fly over. So we are probably I would have to look at a map, but we're probably under Bravo airspace, which is restricted airspace of how much you can fly and what you can fly. Uh, depending on the uh, closeness to an airport, a commercial airport, or in a lot of cases, George W. Bush's house, who lives in That's Dallas. True. So you can't fly. Pretty much there's there's ch- spots of uh, space in Dallas that if you fly over it, they'll scramble. They'll, they'll say, what are you doing? And if you don't answer, they will shoot you down immediately. I wish that was my house because goddamn helicopters. helicopters all the time. We are living in a constant episode of Cops over here. <laughs> it just, really is. I had to mute the TV. I was like, someone's knocking on the door. And when we muted the TV, we could look through the skylight. And it was like a, there was a cop looking for somebody. Oh, yeah. There's something. a lot of helicopters in this neck of the woods. I, I'm like, is it traffic or they're just fugitives? Uh, I think it's I think it's the latter. Great. <laughs> Great. Because traffic doesn't usually involve a spotlight that's shining down into people's Nine backyards. o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah, probably not. Unless uh, somebody got way off track. <laughs> and in that case, I'd like to hear about traffic report. <laughs> in the book, Alleged Counterparts of the Banshee. What a name. It's so good. Alleged. <laughs> counterparts. Like, Do you think there's other counterparts? They're alleged. <laughs> Elliot O'Donnell explains that Ireland is not the only country with a family-connected spectral figure. In Scandinavian families, the banshee-like figure of a ghost who watches over a family is decidedly less terrifying. Those spirits of Denmark and Sweden would look like Disney witches at their worst and beautiful glowing angels and fairies at their best. Like the banshee, they foretell death and do so by wailing and screaming. Sometimes they haunt in pairs, with one beautiful angel and one hideous creature, fit for a horror film, all to warn families of a forthcoming death. It's like a buddy comedy. Yeah, buddy (laughs) comedy. (laughs) 
In Wales, the hag of dribble is the local omen of death. She appears at dusk and, rather than scream, alerts to the coming of death by flapping leathery wings against the window of the family who is about to experience the loss. When it is time, the hag will howl the name of the one to die repeatedly until that person slips away. I feel like the hag of dribble, well, first of all, that's not a perfume I'm going to use. <laughs> oh. But I feel like screaming the name is scarier. Yeah. Because if you just, just hear, like, Heather! Heather! You're describing my entire childhood if I didn't come home before the por- before the streetlights came on. Yes. That was our curfew. Get, come on home before the streetlights come on. And if you didn't, it was like, Heather! Um, your mom is not the hag of dribble. No, she's not. I not won't at call all. Nancy that. Not at all. But uh, the screaming of the name is horrifying. Yeah, that's real scary. It's much and worse. Then leathery wings. What has that? Nasty. A, something not of this world. That means that your skin has been cured like meat. <laughs> <laughs> According to the PBS show Monstrum, one possible explanation for the Banshee legend is a bird known as the barn owl. Once plentiful in the Irish countryside, barn owls make incredibly terrifying screams. And as nocturnal creatures, those screams most often come at night. Could it be possible that a noble family once heard a barn owl scream and correlated it to the death of a loved one? Or perhaps the legend of the Banshee is real and the Tamuli dotting the lush Irish countryside are home to more than the grave of a lost loved one. They're home to hags. <laughs> hag of dribble, hag of the mist, need to go on tour. Or they sound like a boat. I would like if I got a boat, I would call it the hag of dribble. Hag of dribble. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get one docked next to it and call it the hag of mist. That's right. We got to get boat rich. Yeah. So what do we think? Oh, man. I think it's true what they say about how whenever the the takeover of Ireland happened, mm-hmm. that it, if the Banshee was connected deeply to a family and the family is then displaced, then I think that would cause maybe some of the belief in her and some of the energy to go away from it. Obviously, they're real. Because I think <laughs> Banshees are real. Um, I think it definitely derived from the Keening women. Mm-hmm. That makes sense of how we got this this folk tale and everything. And that's interesting that it like really was these women singing and, and it was involving funerals and stuff. So it's nice that it kind of evolved into this other type of tale. It all sort of ties in together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would love to see one. Oh, a banshee? I mean, why not? It'd be so scary. It means you're going to die. Well, Yeah. I guess I don't want to see one. I no. take it back. <laughs> Maybe you find her comb and return it, but with tongs. Yes. That was yes. really specific. I take it. I love when we get into a subject that we don't really know about. I, don't, I mean, I've heard Whale of the Banshee or Screaming Like a Banshee, but I didn't really know a ton about right. it. And then when you get into it and you're like, oh, there are people who've written several books and spent yeah. their whole life studying this. And then you get stories like that where you're like, I know a guy. <laughs> Almost lost a hand. Found a comb. She found a comb. Don't take the comb home. You find a comb, don't leave it. Leave it. Don't take it home. No. No. You Never take pick, a comb home. It's just good practice to Who's not comb pick up that? a comb off the, Unless the street. It was a switchblade comb. If it's a switchblade comb, take the comb then home. Then you take it home? Yes. I would like, I mean, she's hagging the dribble. She's got a switchblade comb. <laughs> Comes out. She's got to. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a fun one. Um, 
apologies if I mispronounced Irish words, which I'm sure I did. Apologies if my Irish accent sounds like the guy on the front of the Lucky Charms box. <laughs> Has anyone ever heard him speak? I guess in commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does speak. And uh, the guy in Austin Powers, who's always like, they're always after me, Lucky Charms. Yeah, that's right. I saw that guy in a play once in Chicago, and my friend Tara was in that play, and she got him to autograph a Lucky Charms box oh, for that's me. Awesome. It was so nice. Do you he- still have it? I do. Nice. He's Very so nice. nice. Uh, we have a lot of Irish listeners, so Love can't you. wait to hear what you guys have to say about this. If you've seen a banshee, if you, if your family owns, or I don't want to say own, a no. banshee is owned by no one. No. If your family, um, includes a banshee. Yes. If you please have, let us know. If you're blessed by this Irish goddess yes, of yes. a banshee, yes. And hopefully one day we have a live show in Ireland and we can That's just figure this out on our own. Go and we're going to go to all of our family heritage sites. Yeah, I would love to. That'd be fun. 100%. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Ruling the Airwaves tier, a special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus minisode, and Patreon exclusive audio and video content like our weekly mix bag episodes where we share three of our favorite things of the week. For more details on specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon in the top right corner to join today. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop in the top right corner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are your uh, self social distancing pictures located? <laughs> My social distancing pictures on Instagram are at Christy M. Wallace and on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? Uh, they are all dog pictures and they're on Instagram at Heather versus the world and on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs Jill McGrath. Lacey Ellison, Katie Bugness, Mickey, Ann Thomas, Jen Moore, Mariah 61254, Rena, Joy, Seth Beach, Sister Winter, Tori Deloise, Olivia Bauer, Jenna Taylor, Hannah, Cagney Wallenman, Caitlin Donovan, Hannah McInnes, Talia McAllister. Oh, hi, Talia. Hey. Kylie Gurley, Kennedy Kendrick. Santa Lundmark. Moosey Maddie, who messaged me and said that was a childhood nickname and her sister signed her up with. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Lee Barron. Elizabeth Rist. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting the show. We couldn't do this without you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We love you. And keep it creepy. Mwahaha. Sinister. Hood.